0: Julie and I have a really fun podcast for you guys today. This is something that we like to present this time of year. And um, credit where credit is due. This is not an original Tim and Julie concept of what we're about to share with you. The first time um, we heard it was back in the 90s from a guy named Dr. Fred Gross. But from there, we've really, you know, we've kind of put a Tim and Julie spin on this concept they're about to share with you. But at the end of the day, it is a very powerful way to clarify what your intentions are, especially this time of year rolling into 2020. Now, I know a lot of you guys listen to our podcast and replay, so don't be dissuaded by the fact that you're listening to a replay. The relevance of this information is really evergreen. So drill down on what we're about to tell you. Julie has got uh, a really, I think, elegant outline written for all of this. But as you prepare for 2020, the main thing that you guys have to be doing now is creating your your business plan. You've got to get that done. I know it's a bad habit. I'll tell you the two the two sins that agents do when they are creating their business plan is number one, they do a half ass job out of it. In other words, it's just some sort of, you know, half ass job of just stating what your goals are. That matter of fact that's what ninety nine percent of the here, ask yourself, the business plan you did last year when you attended that motivational seminar or, or whatever, did you even look at it again? You didn't, because it was it had no value. And really to make a val- make something of value, you have to you know obviously you want to focus on your goals, but you got to go you got to drill down way farther than that. You have to look at your finances. you have to look at essentially the relevance of how these things are intermingled um, and a lot of people like to focus on like you know the goals and all this stuff and but they don't even create plans around the goals so you know a goal is a dream with an action plan, and goals must be measurable specific, and you have to essentially review them on an ongoing basis. So if you only write down a goal, I want to lose 15 pounds, but you haven't actually drilled down to the extent of, like, how are you going to do it? What, are you going, what actions are you going to take? I'm going to start going to the gym, and that's as far as most of you go. I'm going to join Orange Theory, and that's as far as most of you go. Now, what you've got to do is you've got to say, I'm going to lose 15 pounds by April 15th or whatever, and I'm going to do it by going to Orange Theory four days of the week at 4 o'clock every single day, um, and I'm also going to essentially – Reduce my carb intake by whatever it's going to be, 50 grams or less per day. And if you do those two things, by the way, every, you will lose weight. I guarantee it. You will lose weight. You'll be in the best shape you have possibly been by, you know, June. You know, some of you are going to feel like you've rediscovered the fountain of youth, youth, or you know, discovered it within yourself, when you just do what I just said. But that aside, that's a that's a goal. But now you have a a deadline. You know, this hypothetical goal that we just threw together by, you know, April, whatever. And we also have a specific action plan that 's what our real estate treasure map does for you guys that 's the whole point of it and I want to give it to you how about that no strings attached it 's a fill in the blank uh, process and it 's not a wimpy business plan you're and we always suggest that you go through and do this business plan with your your, your spouse or your partner or whatever right don 't just do this by yourself because what you really want to do is you want to have if this is relevant to you, you want a familial buy-in to the overall plan because its it does relate to them. It's about their financial futures as well. You know That's really critical. If you want to make your business plan really into something that becomes your family business plan, becomes your life plan, sit down and work on this. It's in our real estate treasure map, which is what I want to tell you guys how to get for free. Um, it's not something you're going to be able to sit down and just churn out. All right, I got 15 minutes. So I'm going to get it done. No, I told you this is not a wimpy business plan. This is the real deal. Many of you have never even completed a process like this before. No one's even suggested to you that you do anything that's just drilled down. But I'm telling you, this is one of the easiest ways for you have unbelievable clarity of what you know. You have 2020 vision on what 2020 will be like for you. How about that? So there you go. all you gotta do is text all you gotta do is text the word Harris, H A R R I S to three one nine nine six. Just text the word Harris to three one nine nine six and then we'll text you back a link. Just click it, it'll be right in your you know, just do it now. It takes two seconds. Text the word Harris, H A R R I S to three one nine nine six and then click the link that we text back to you instantaneously, by the way. And then you'll be taken to a page where you can download it. You'll see other books that we're giving you and other guides we're giving you. But download the Real Estate Treasure Map first and print it out. And it's a bunch of pages, so make sure your printer's full of paper. And then I want you to you know, save this, somehow make it into some sort of living document for you. Maybe you put it in a binder, something like that. And then go through the pages and read what we wrote and and go through the process of it's, again, this is not a touchy-feely exercise. You're going to have to know your numbers. You're going to have to know your average sale price. But you're also going to have to get into the weeds with your personal finances. And that's the reason you need to make this, I know, a money conversation for most of you. It's kind of a, you know, that's, that's okay, forget it. not going to talk about it. That's the deal killer right there, right? But you've got to do this. That way you can benchmark your forward progress. That way in a year, like I told you, we have a bunch of people coming to Puerto Rico next month, um, you know, family, friends, coaching clients. Uh, and, and one of the questions I'm looking forward to asking all of them when we're inevitably sitting around on the beach with a glass of wine in our hands, and it's a question I ask all my personal coaching clients, and Julie does as well, you know, what are the, you, know, looking, you know, looking back on your year, what are the five things you're most proud of? And usually, if they've been with us for a long time, they'll know exactly what they're most proud of because they stayed drilled down because they followed their treasure map, and they'll be able to cite exactly what they accomplished. If they're new, they're not going to – or if they don't have a long history with us or even a medium-long history with us, they're not going to have very distinct drill-down answers. That's the case with many of you listening, right? And then the next question we ask is a follow-up, and this is a fun one, I think, is a year from now, we're on this very same beach. We're in Dorado Beach. We're sitting on the the beach of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel where Julie and I live, and – well, we don't live in the hotel, but it's the property, and we're living – and we're all – again, we're on the beach, same people – you're even the same literal glass and the same Chardonnay. And I ask you the same question. I say, What is it that you are most proud of having accomplished looking back? And those become the, the prevailing goals for your following year. Get it? So the one is, What are you doing? What are you most proud of for the, in the, that you've done in the last 12 months? And then the next one is, 12 months from now, what do you want to be the most proud of having accomplished? That's how it works. And then when you go through this process, guys, here's what it removes the uncertainty. The, the fear, really, of the doubt, because you'll have something to benchmark. All the, other, all the emotional railroad that goes or the mo- emotional roller coaster that comes with being self-employed, comes with having transactional income, come, all the stress, all that you know, consternation that comes with living that type of life is mostly because you don't know whether you're on track, you know, behind, or ahead. There's no way of really benchmarking whether or not you're being successful or not. Um, and that's when agents start making mistakes. That's when you start becoming susceptible to some of the dumb things people spend money on. So absolutely text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996 and get your real estate treasure map completed. All right, Ms. Julie Harris, you have yes. a um, really great presentation, and I get to be in the audience and listen most of the <laughs> podcast too.
1: Yes, right? that's okay. It, and then the- I'm going to turn it over to you for finishing at the end. With the points that yes. are at the bottom of our outline. Okay. Yes. yes. Very good. So let's just imagine, if you will, that we're all in a room together. I'm in the front of the room, and I've got a table. And I'm going to pull out a really big jar, like, kind of like a big pickle jar you might find at Costco, maybe a gallon-sized glass jar that you, you all can see through. Okay. And I'm going to now fill the jar with kind of some fist-sized rocks. You know, that's a wide mouth at the top. I'm going to plunk them all in, and then all the rocks will be in there. I'm going to ask you, is the jar full? And you're going to look at it, and you're going to go, yep, looks pretty full to me. Then I'm going to pull out something from underneath the desk that you didn't see before, and that's kind of like some pea gravel, all right, some little pea-sized gravel. And I'm going to jiggle that into the jar, and it's going to fill in the spaces between all those big rocks. I'm going to jiggle it and jiggle it until it seems like all those pebble-sized rocks are now filling it in. I'm going to say, is it full? But now you're on to me. You're going to say, well, probably not. And now I'm going to pull out another bucket, and it's got sand in that. And I'm going to pour the sand over the rocks and the pebbles until the jar. You just can't even see any space in it anymore. It seems really full. I'm going to ask all of you guys, is it full? But now you've wised up. You're going to say, no, probably not. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to fill the the jar with water. And I'm going to finally ask, is it full now? And you'll probably agree that nothing else will fit, okay? So I'm going to ask you, what is the point of that illustration? Now, when we do this, and and we've seen this done live, I think we'll probably do this at one of our future events because it's kind of a fun uh, experience. Um, Is it full? Well, what's the point of doing this? And people always say things like, well, you know, no matter how busy you get, you can always fit more things in. Well, that's true, but ultimately what this means is it's a goal-setting thing. The big rocks are your big goals in life. If you don't put those in first, and if I had actually put in the sand and the pebbles and the water first, those big rocks never would have fit in. And yet, isn't that how most people live their lives? In real estate, that's putting out fires, that's responding to whatever happens to be lurking in your voicemail. A coach friend of mine calls that the box of snakes, and you take the lid off, the box of snakes is your text, your voicemail, your email, all of those things, and as soon as you take that lid off, it's pretty hard to get the snakes back in the box. So that's kind of like your sand and your gravel. If you don't lead with those big rocks, they're not going to fit in. So as you plan your fourth quarter, your next year, think of the big rocks in your life as things that you're going to do for yourself, for your family, for your lifestyle. What's it going to be? What are those big rocks? Think of them as your goals in five areas of life, which, by the way, you can find in the real estate treasure map. And you've got to say yes to those big rocks first. Otherwise, you're not allowed to be frustrated later when there's no place to fit them in. Okay? If you let all the little pebbles add up, the big rocks will never fit. So what's most important, and I'll give you the goals in five areas, but I'm not going to give you the rest of the treasure map on this podcast. You've got to go do the rest of the work yourself. Goals of five areas of life are the big rocks, family, physical, financial, educational, and spiritual. And I encourage you to do financial last because the other things might have a price tag attached. Figure it out first. You know, uh, maybe a family goal is to go to Disneyland this year. And Disneyland as some of you know is pretty outrageously expensive and <laughs> you're going to spend the day if not the weekend or the week there you're going to spend some money so that's got a price tag. You've got maybe a physical goal is to join Orange Theory. Well, how much is that going to be per month? That's got a price tag. Educational. Maybe you're going to come to an event and you're going to spend some money. Maybe educational isn't that but it's it's getting into the top books that you want to read, pre-ordering them from Amazon. That's got a, a price. And then, of course, financial. In the treasure map, we have something called uh, My Financial Picture. And if you listen to last week's podcast, which were all about how to get rich and stay that way, we talked a lot about being honest with your own financial situation, and where, uh, where you are now and where you need to be. So, Tim, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, that was the Big Rocks discussion. And now we have another thing we can refer to with these guys that have heard this. If we say, what are the Big Rocks? You guys now know to think of the goals in five areas of life. Back to you, Tim.
0: Julie has to take Zoe to go get her flu shot, which was going to be a miserable experience for both of them, I'm sure. So, Julie, <laughs> thank you for doing that.
1: Uh, she promised so to let's... be brave on the drive to school, so I think we'll be okay. But we'll find out on tomorrow's you... podcast. I you have call. a
0: feeling you'll be paying the price in the form of oh, Barbies yeah. or donuts or, oh, yeah. you know, a cake pop at Starbucks. There's going to be some That's price uncommon. that she's going to put on her behavior, I promise you. you got it.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Zoe's six, by the way. Well, actually, she's six on January 1st. All right. So um, that's an interesting concept, right? The Big Rocks concept, because ultimately that goes back down to the question I was giving all you guys. If you're looking back a year from now, what are the five things you're going to be most um, you know, proud of yourself for having accomplished? Now, I'm going to tell you guys where some of the, the pitfalls are when you're doing your business planning. These are very common, normal mistakes. And let's just start out with a fact. You guys know, probably know, that most people start the year out when, when the number one affirmation or what is it? The number one plan, the number one, you know, they're going to lose weight, right? Or they're going to save money, they're going to pay off debt. But why does it not happen? Why do gym memberships typically, well, I remember at Orange Theory, they sell the snot out of new memberships this time of year, but mostly in January and February and March. And then I remember going to Orange Theory when Julie and I were living in Texas, and you'd see all these new faces, a lot of chubby faces that you know obviously were there to lose weight. And then as the months progressed throughout the year, you saw fewer and fewer and fewer people. And that's the cycle in a gym. And that's also the cycle in a lot of, uh, you know, essentially people's lives. And not just with losing weight, but with improving their their business skills, improving their cash flow, improving their savings. So what happens through the, what happens throughout the year that causes us as humans to give up on our goals or to basically fall back into the same patterns that – um, you know essentially we 've been following all of our lives. Why is it that we always go back to that stasis or we always go back to that wanting to be complacent? What about accomplishing goals becomes something that only a few people can do consistently? If you guys noticed that and I, and I promise you the answer is not complicated it 's not your DNA or it 's not your you know chemical makeup it 's not your how, whether you meditate or not or whether you 're just taller, or short or fat, or thin. What it has to do with is – and this is – I was actually having this very conversation with Chuck Williamson today right before the podcast – is you have to stay drilled down. You have to stay, as we say in the coal mine, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. The the only difference ultimately between the person that you are – and the person you'd rather be or maybe the person you wish you would have been or maybe ultimately the person you will be is your willingness to basically do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's, at the end of the day, the most truthful thing that I could ever help you guys understand. Now, here's what's really fascinating. This is what I was talking about with Chuck. So I'm, I'm 49. I'm going to be 50 in the spring. And Chuck is younger than me, but he's in his 40s. And I was explaining to Chuck, and, you know, uh, he doesn't – so he lives in this relatively small town in North Carolina. Julie and I have this national reach. We have – you know, we've lived in different places, and and we know just literally thousands and thousands of people. If we're real, we know them virtually. We know them through social or whatever. You guys are a lot of you the same way. And and what's fascinating is because we've been in this real estate coaching space now for so long, decades, we have seen and know people – have been in the real estate industry for a long period of time, and we've seen what happens when you allow momentum and the accumulation effect to work for you, and we've seen what happens when you allow it to work against you, and here's what I mean by that. The people that, like Chuck, for example, who have consistently, every single day, kept their work standards to doing what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level and stayed focused on specific numbers, numbers of contacts, number of appointments, numbers of listings they need all times. And by the way, guys, this is all part of the real estate treasure map. All you've got to do is you know text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. But the, the, the accumulation of you know d- doing that consistently every single day is so much bigger than you can possibly imagine. It's not even funny. The accumulation of staying in that professional mode of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level and not looking not, – so, so what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is the way most, of, most people you know, probably including yourself, exist. You only do things when you feel a certain way. You only do the things that are easy. I know some of you are taking this. You know, you're being offended, but I want you to be offended so you can be, you know, you can be introspective. You can look at yourself and your own behaviors, and sometimes that takes being offended. When when you hear somebody say something and you feel your initial reaction is defensiveness and being offended, there's a chance they're feeling that way because what they just said is true and you don't want to hear it. So what most of you do, and the reason that most of you will never, and this is sad but true, accumulate any money. And ever really truly have any sort of financial independence. You'll never be rich where your money works for you. You don't, no longer work for your money. It's because you are not willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level for long periods of time. And by long periods of time, guys, I don't mean a week or a month. I mean years, your entire life. Look, here's the simplest way to understand it. How many of you listening like to go and work out, especially if something is, you know, as torturous as Orange Theory? I never did okay? Julie never did, but we did it. And the accumulation, the cumulative effect from having done that consistently for years is extraordinary. And it's, But financially, the amount of money that you can accumulate by being disciplined and doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, the payoff for that in years to come will be more than you can possibly imagine. But the getting there and actually, uh, living through the effort that it takes to do something miraculous to have this spectacular payoff is where most of you are going to get lost because you're going to be the only one that's willing to work at that level because most people aren't and that's the reason that so many of these companies exist that sell stuff to you guys the easy button ideas the we'll do it for you ideas the just you know click here ideas the social ideas the you know I had a great call the other day with somebody who was a very successful, long-time you know, real estate agent, listened to us on the podcast, Never a Coaching Client, wants me to personally coach him. So I'm having this conversation with him, and I asked him this question. And it's is interesting. He, he's, he was the same exact age as me. He's probably listening. I won't use his name. And I said, I want you to, I'm going to ask a question, and I want you to answer this as if you're answering as your 35-year-old self. In other words, go back 15 years and answer this question for me. Okay, so let's call him Bob. So Bob, I want you to choose. This is Bob at 35, not Bob at 50. I said, Bob, I want you to choose. I want you to choose to either be rich or to be famous. Which would you choose? And he didn't say anything. And it, you know, it almost got to the point where I thought he hung up. And then he said, I would have chosen to be famous because that's what I did. And he chose to be famous. He wanted to. He wanted to look like he was successful. He wanted to have the team. He wanted to have his – he wanted to get the awards, get the plaques. And the industry ate him up, as it does all of you guys to some extent, because you're not strong enough to stay drilled down and doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level for long enough. Guys, understanding what I'm saying? And all of you are making the same mistake. You're falling prey to these people that are trying to sell you into the belief that the money is going to fall on the other side of you being some sort of social media influencer. That is just a trend, guys. It's not going to last. And here's the other one. The other one that's the most devastating trend, I think, to ever be allowed to manifest in the industry, which honestly breaks my heart because a lot of you guys still don't get this. The whole team business model is a bunch of bullshit. It just is. It doesn't make any profit. It absolutely essentially sets – if you're the one that's going to spend all your best life energies building this team and you're not doing it for the sake of actually making profits – which you really can't because it's a a dysfunctional business model. And when it fails, here's what happens. And I hear this all the time. This is the reason I'm so resolute that this is – essentially this is an evil thing that's being allowed to manifest in our industry. What happens is when it doesn't work, like you were told it should work, you blame yourself and you see it as a personal failure. Okay? That's what happens. So when it doesn't actually work like you thought it would, like you were sold to believe it would – you take it personally, and you think you failed. What you don't realize, what you didn't realize, was that you were followed, following a failed business model. You weren't the failure. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? These are the ramifications of making decisions that are not – look, I did not have, when I got into the real estate business, the brain and the ability to think things through like I do now. Some of you who have been in this business for a long period of time, you are still following prey – to some of these, like, snack oil salesmen. You right now, in your voicemail, how many messages do you have from someone trying to sell you a solution to something, to a problem that doesn't exist, or it's a solution to um, you not wanting to actually do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level? There's some obscene businesses, amazing, crazy businesses that have popped up since, like, 2007, 2008. Here's one. There's companies out there that will actually call your leads back for you and they'll pre-qualify the leads for you, and then they'll, then they'll refer the leads back to you. You listening to this? Now, some of you are thinking, shit, that's a good idea. No, it's not. It's a terrible idea. Then they refer the leads back to you for 25 or 35%. How about that? You guys are not willing to call your own leads back because somehow in your head, you think that's not your highest and best use. You think you're too damn important to call leads back. Why do you think like that? Because you heard some guru said it because you read it in some book, right? You actually think that's not the highest and best use of your time. You guys get the insanity of what's actually been allowed to happen in this business? Think, do the math on what I just said. You generate a buyer lead or you generate a seller lead. Then that lead then gets prequalified by somebody else. You go out and list the property. You then basically have to pay the referral fee. Do the drill down on how the, the math actually works out. It doesn't make any sense. Whereas all you have to have done is learn how to basically call that person back and follow an outline where you're asking all the right questions to determine what the seller's motivation is. But why didn't you do it? because you convinced yourself you were too important to do it, maybe some of you, not very many of you, but mostly because you did not want to deal with the possible having to answer questions or be in a position where you could get rejected. That's why. You have built this huge empire of excuses and silliness, all designed to protect you for your fear of having to deal with rejection. Isn't that interesting? And like the whole team thing, what's that all about? Your belief that you can somehow delegate the real work of real estate to other people, and you can make money passively off all these other people, and you can just sit around and pick your pick out of your navel, right? Isn't that what you believe? Isn't that what you were told? But did anybody tell you that those business those businesses or those business structures literally make no money? Did anyone tell you that? Why didn't they? You know. And then you need to start thinking about well, okay, if I'm going to be putting my big rocks in the jar first. If I'm actually going to want to, you know, get back to why I got into real estate in the first place, which is, you know, maybe I wanted to take more time with my family, or maybe I wanted to, who knows, materialistic things, all good. You know, we're spiritual beings in a physical manifestation. We need stuff. So the stuff you have might as well be really nice stuff. I mean, if you want a new Rolls Royce and, you know, you're not happy driving a Camry, get the freaking Rolls Royce, because in order to get that, you're going to have to provide a high level of service to other people which means you're going to have to to learn how to be a really good provider of that high-level service. By wanting better quality stuff and more stuff, that's not evil. You need stuff. It's not bad. You need stuff. It might as well be really nice stuff, right? And in doing so and allowing yourself to really think about what it is that you want in life, maybe it's not materialistic stuff. It could be anything. Don't get stuck on that, okay? By allowing yourself to feel the freedom – of actually being in connection with what you want out of life, then what's gonna happen is that Julie said, do your financial uh, when you're doing the treasure map, do the you know, the money part last. Because then you're gonna know what you have to earn, right? So as Julia is going through the business plan, she mentioned like and I've seen this countless times. Brokers, office managers, team leaders, they'll sit down with their agents and they'll say, they might go over like how much is your personal overhead? And then they'll say, what did you sell this year? And you'll say, twenty five houses or whatever. And then they'll say, okay your goal next year is to sell 40 Why? What's the damn point? Who cares? Maybe you can have the best life you could ever possibly imagine if you cut out some of the bullshit expenses and only sold 15 Why are you getting attached to numbers like that? That's ego. I'll have people call me up, and I'll be on the phone with people on a regular basis, and they will never talk about net profit. What everyone has been brainwashed to talk about, especially top producers, and I'm air-quoting that, is they're talking about their production. So they'll say, well, I sold $50 million this year. Well, that's certainly impressive. Or they'll say, I sold 300 houses this year. Well, that's certainly impressive. None of them talk about their net profit. Ever. It never comes up until I ask. And then they oftentimes don't know. And if they, if, if pressed and maybe they want to know, maybe that's the reason they called me in the first place, they don't even know how to do a profit loss on their business. They look in these books and these guides and these gurus, but they don't ever talk about it, Don't do they? Isn't that fascinating, guys? Why? Because if they did, if they if agents started thinking like what they should be thinking like which your business people, if they actually started thinking like that, they would make a different set of decisions than they 're making now, and the different set of decisions would result in them not buying into the bullshit that they 're buying into now, they would stop doing all the ego marketing, stop doing the branding they would stop they would start to realize the social networking stuff is just silly they would stop doing all the silliness, which means there's the industry itself and all the people that are perpetuating these you know, false stories of you know how to build a business. They go out of business. And so one thing feeds off the other. When you go to a real estate convention, and you hear a guru and you walk through the, you know, the hall of terror, which is what I always call it, where all the vendors are. And you're walking past three guys selling CRMs. You're walking past five guys selling branding, five guys selling all this chachi crap. If those guys weren't in business, who's going to pay for that convention hall? Who's going to pay for the coffee you're drinking? Who's going to pay for the chair you're sitting in? So what happens is, like when you go to Inman or something like that, you know, it, that's essentially what I'm talking about. You're you're paying this large sum of money to go there so that you can be pitched to, and what, without the companies to have you guys as customers those events would never happen so the event has to be predicated on people buying booths and sponsoring and then that has to be predicated on your as the agent willingness to believe the bullshit that they have for sale is viable you guys understand it's one hand washing the other that's what it is Nowhere in this conversation is what's best for the agent. Nowhere in this conversation it's basically how can we protect agents from you know, the, the shortcomings of you know, the changing market and how can we make it so they can save more money so they can have better quality lives. Nope. It's how can we sell more booths and more chairs, new, more convention you know, events, more, all this other stuff. Well, we have to obviously get more people to, you know, okay, we need more CRMs, or we need another guru which is going to tell you how to take pictures for Instagram. Do you guys get what I'm saying, the insanity of it all? Nobody talks about net profit but Julie and I, and they probably never will because they're not incentivized to when you walk into any kind of meeting area, and it's sponsored by anything, you have to immediately understand who the cust- or who that speaker is working for. They're working for their vendors. Their vendors are paying them. Their vendors are paying for them to hold the event. This is how this is how it works. But you've got to walk into – some of you guys are natural skeptics. Being a skeptic is one thing. I've never met a rich skeptic. So be careful on being overly skeptical, but at least be smart. And the barometer which you can always check yourself to make sure you're not just being seduced into some easy button, you know, done for you idea, is ask yourself what's the net profit on this particular idea. And when you start asking that, if everybody you start interacting with – who you're thinking about buying a service or a product from, you will find never do they have an answer. And if anything, that's the one thing they never want you to ask. So, okay, so tell me the net profit from doing these postcards or doing this branding or doing this social networking campaign. There is no answer. They're going to give you some bullshit answer about branding and how people will think of you first and all this hocus pocus stuff. But you cannot hold anybody accountable to that. The person selling you this concept They can't be held accountable to whether that idea will work or not, and you you have spent your money. Get it? So if you are thinking about buying something as an investment for your business, you have to think of what is my return on investment for this idea, and it has to be a real return. If you're going to spend money, there has to be an ROI, whichever you deem, return on investment, whichever you deem to be appropriate, 7, 10, 20 times. You can't do it you won't be able to get any kind of real return on investment of any of these easy button ideas. That's the reason we don't talk about them, because they're fake. The real work in real estate, like Chuck and like a lot of our other great coaching clients, and the reason they always accomplish their big rocks in life, they always know to put their big rocks in first. The real work in real estate comes from learning how to be a proactive you know, lead generator and, most importantly, how to really get your head screwed on straight about being of service to other people. That's what we teach in our coaching program. I know a lot of you, you can totally and completely see the clarity of what we're saying. So many of you have been wandering in the real estate you know, forest forever, bumping into this idea and that idea, you know, bumping into this tree and that tree, and thinking, well, I guess you know, this is what I'm supposed to do now. And everywhere you turn, you go to different Facebook groups, you talk to your broker, you talk to your office manager, you talk to other agents. Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Guys, the novel will always betray you. The easy buttons ideas will always betray you. Your, will, your unwillingness to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level will ultimately break your heart because you're going to lose decades. And you're going to look back, and I'm going to ask you that question when we're on the beach, virtually or otherwise, and I say, what are the five things you're most proud of having accomplished in the last 12 months? And you won't have an answer. And that is going to go on for years. And then you're going to look back, and I'm going to ask you what are the five things you're most proud of for the last 20 years, you won't have an answer because you never took what we're saying seriously. This makes sense, doesn't it, guys? This is the perfect time of year to really decide for once and for all to quit screwing around with essentially your potentiality and really accept the fact that everything you want in life is on the other side of doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. You know what I'm saying is true. Stop resisting. Start doing something with this information. Otherwise, you use you lose, you lose time, guys. you can't get that back. Life is a blessing. you have a real estate license. it's a license It's, it's an unbelievably powerful thing if used pro- correctly. But understand your greatest advocate is yourself, but your greatest enemy, enemy is yourself too. Ask yourself if you're where you wanted to be in life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, familiarly, educationally, five areas of life. Ask yourself if you're where you wanted to be. And if you're not, don't let yourself find reasons that are external to yourself for not having accomplished those goals. In other words, do not be somebody who plays victim or tries to blame some external reason. It's your fault that you're not where you wanted to be. It's your fault that you don't have more money accumulated or you have too much debt. It's your fault that you're still struggling in real estate. It's your fault that – you guys get it? When you accept that level of responsibility, when you just accept that it's your fault – Then if there's nobody else to blame, then in some cases that's the very – that's the actual thing that you are looking for in order to move forward because you no longer feel like a victim, right? And I know some of you have been victims, legitimate victims of different things. You have. But just somehow take responsibility for it. Stop looking for external reasons for your lack of accomplishment in any level in life, and then let yourself be free. Start asking yourself that question. When I'm sitting on the beach with Tim and Julie – and Zoe, a year from now, I'm down in Puerto Rico. I'm hanging out with them on the beach. We have you know, 50, 75 people coming down. What is it that I want to – what are the five things that I want to be most grateful for having, most proud for having, most proud for having accomplished in the last, in the last year? Don't make it 100. Make it five. Keep it simple. Then look, it, you don't even have to have five under each area of life when you're making your plan. It's okay if you need to use the next two or three years to focus completely just on your health and your finances. You know, And we talk about this in the real estate treasure map. It's okay if for the next year you need to get your money right, and that's going to be your primary focus, and pretty much all the other areas of life are just going to fall by the wayside. I caution you when you have a family, make sure you're entering into that uh, understanding and that process of working on your finances collaboratively with your other family members you know, and we talk about how to do this in the real estate treasure map, but at the end of the day, it's okay if you don't have anything that even remotely resembles a balance, because balance is another lie, by the way. It's okay if you basically are so locked in, so crazily focused on just the financial goals for the next 12 months that people think you're psycho. That's fine. You probably do need to have that approach because you probably haven't ever had that kind of focus, and that's probably why you're not further down the road financially. Guys, when I look around to the people that have actually stayed drilled down, uh, and they've done it for long periods of time, and and then I compare it to the people that have not, and I've had perspective now at almost 50, it is shocking the difference in the quality of life that they have. A lot of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? Look, guys, we're here for you. I'm I'm so happy you've chosen to listen to Julie and I on a regular basis. This is the most listened-to daily podcast in the nation, probably the world. I have no idea. For real estate agents, right? Right. So I really sincerely appreciate the honor of you choosing to allow us to be your you know, your coach or your future coach. If you've not downloaded the Real Estate Treasure Map yet, please do so. Text word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs,